designer and i'm joe and i'm a designer is our technology starting to drive how things are designed what's the implication of that we'll talk about brian how are you man good good new job new job congratulations thanks first week on the new job first week yeah you got like new friend genders, or like you're trying to like look cool on Zoom for everyone else. Uh, I do have a good Zoom backdrop. <laughs> everyone's everyone's remote, okay. And so, uh, uh, and and I and everyone's like working out of their home and sure. you know things yeah. like that. Yeah. And, um, and we had a so we had an office area for me. Yeah. And former podcasting area, so I have like the acoustic tiling sure. and yeah. in my background and that sort of thing. Um. But yeah, but we we kind of used it for Zuzu to have like extend her play area now that she's like yeah kind of yeah the kids around. always take over the whole house eventually yeah yeah basically <laughs> so I I I my office area kind of in in our in my home got downgraded <laughs> but I maintain the acoustic tiling so nice. makes you uh, look like a pro yeah I get a lot of I get a lot of comments on it totally. Um, Totally, and it's like you know, it's a nice cheap like backdrop. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, but it's been it's been interesting. It's been uh, a very full week. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, going from being like a stay at home dad kind of. Yeah. For yeah, most how, of this year. How's the transition? Um. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm very worried that I'm going to get outed by this podcast because every, everyone, when they see the acoustic tiling, they're like, what's that? And I was like, oh, I host a podcast. Link, please. And so I'm going to get outed by the podcast of like, you know, my previous comments on Figma because we're 100% listen, Figma. Listen, so. <laughs> The past is not prologue. I, I have heard you say many times you love Figma and you especially <laughs> love the Figma instance that you're a part of now in your new job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because we uh, someone was asking how long we've been doing this. It's been, I mean, because of the pandemic and everything, it's been almost three years. So we off been, and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like we have like yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, but yeah, episodes. But but like honestly, uh, I I will take the I will take the hit on us not doing things over the past um, you know four or five months or something like that. Oh, but, you've uh, been crazy busy. But uh, I really feel it when we don't do it. Yeah, totally. I feel it because I like I have these conversations still. They're just like with myself, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm muttering to myself in the backyard after uh, everyone else has gone to bed. You know. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't publish it. We because. Well, we'll talk about. It, but I didn't publish it. But but um, we can let our listeners know that we have these Slack conversations yeah. all the time too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know once a week. Right, and there's a bunch of other people. We in should the, just in the get like one of those like text to like audio AI well, thing, yeah, and then yeah. just like ge- generate podcasts yeah. out of out of the conversation. Ex- then we don't have to do shit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we have we probably have like a mini podcast with like our should, designer should, friends. Should we do? Should we do? AI generated mini pods in between I, the real ones. Maybe, maybe. So I just need to get your voice. I have mine. It's kind of creepy. It's very creepy. <laughs> but it, but so when I play it for other people, they're like, "Well, you've heard it." Like you, when they play it, it it's, it it looks it sounds yeah perfect. Yeah, it's you really can't tell. Deeply it, troubling. And so yeah, it's, I'm using Descript, and Descript takes my real audio, and yeah. then it creates an AI voice based off of my voice. Right. And some words are a little weird. The tonal inflections are a little yeah, off. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's really good at at like. It sounds like you on Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> T- talking at a very even exactly. tempo. Exactly. <laughs> no laughter. <laughs> right. Uh, and then it'll sample like weird highs and lows yeah. from my words. So sometimes, you know, it'll yeah. say, you know, yeah, it's just, it sounds weird. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, uh, so we've been kind of doing these text exchanges. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, and I just feel bad every single time because we've gotten into some pretty big disagreements on Slack over the last couple of years. And all of our designer friends, like, well, Jay has been on the show. Sure. He'll kind of 
you know, he jumps in kind of when his they day is done. They occasionally <laughs> jump in, but I think everyone else is like, shut the fuck up, you dummies. Because <laughs> it used to be when we were recording regularly, we'd yes. be like, save it for the pod. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was our, totally. our cue to shut up. And... Totally. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we get to board people from morning to night. Um yeah, so so this 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 topic actually also came out of Slack because it was something I was I was I was I was looking to get some um, some message massaging and 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 I have a, a backstory behind this. So I was working on a project and um, that project had someone on it who was um, it was a very complicated project, bunch of designers on it, and um, the client right has been. Um, Happy with progress from going along and stuff like that, but there was something kind of missing, mm. right? The pro- the product owner was kind of like, you know, there's just something, you know, why why is the velocity not the place we wanted to be and stuff like that? And one of the re- thing, at a certain point, I realized that this guy was a little bit um, from um, an older generation, meaning you and me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a sense that he was making products in like 2008, 2009, 2010. At a time when, and we've talked about this before, before in the pod, when it was a little bit more cowboy. It was like, mm. ah, I got an idea, let's just blah, do yeah. it. And um, oftentimes, I remember from back in that day, we did some user testing, and we would do, obviously, discovery, and we'd definitely do competitive analysis, because there was just way less out there. So we're like, where's the market niche? Right. But I remember very distinctly having presentations where someone would just be like, what if it was like this? Mm. And they come with just like, a pretty fleshed out idea for both UX and UI, not saying it's perfect. Mm-hmm. They know we'd have to go back and bake it again, mm-hmm. but like, this is my vision. Mm-hmm. Like, what if it was like this? Do you think that the customers would like this? Should we test this around? Should we make this into a paper prototype and bake it around? I did that a lot. Yeah. We did that a lot at PZ. Yeah. We yeah. did, yeah. right? Yeah. Totally. Remember, I was sketching with, with paper and pencil. Like, yep. what if it was like this? And yep. like, you would pitch it. Yep. And totally. we sometimes, we got those things over the line. Yep. That process has changed, mm-hmm. right? Double diamond, all the stuff you talked about that, you know, I'd love we'll to hear. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, like, the process now is, in some ways, like, the like even if the, the day-to-day is agile, the process is almost waterfall now mm-hmm. in the sense that it's like, okay, product goes and gathers things, and then we get it together. And, like, that was the process that this team was doing. And I think this older guy was like, yeah, 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 process is great, but, like, What's the idea? Mm. Like, what's the big, what's the big kind of Megillah? Like, sell me. What's the story? Give mm-hmm. me the narrative of like, let's excite the shareholders. Let's excite the the VC guys. You know what right. I mean? Like, let's right. get this thing going. And the team was struggling because they were like, no, no, we want to build things to be scalable and flexible. And we want to be able to build things so that the next design team comes. All completely valid concerns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about it from a kind of a long term term kind of point of view and stuff like that long-termism is a hot term these days yeah totally but i think that what i was trying to express to them is that there is sometimes a value of that kind of double diamond process when you have a very clear out output you know what it is you have a timeline this is the feature we need this is what the feature needs to do this is what the stakeholders are here's what the users want that's perfect. Mm-hmm. When it's a little bit less defined and it's like, how do we break the universe now? Mm-hmm. That process isn't as useful. Mm-hmm. And so I came into Slack and said, like, listen, I'm trying to kind of message the divergence of these two things. Mm-hmm. And you said <laughs> this that you're going to say, and you blew my fucking <laughs> mind. I mean, dude, I can tell you, I think you've blown my mind a couple of times uh-huh. on this show, uh-huh. but that time... It, it like I saw the fucking matrix and it kind of fucking freaked me out. <laughs> well, that's I, I that's a a very big compliment. Thank you. <laughs> um, and 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 I can attest. Yeah. I mean, you you texted me eight o'clock that same yeah. that night. You're like... I had been thinking about it all day, like yeah, playing with my kids, making dinner, <laughs> feeding the fish. So thinking about that. So. So where would it be? So you had this epiphany. Yeah. And so where, how do you want to unpack this on this show? Should, you know, do we, do we go re- revisit the, the conversation? Um, at, or do we start with your epiphany? So I want to start with the epiphany because I think you have yeah. a lot of interesting things about, it, which okay. is that 
the SDL, the S, the, the, the software development life, oh, life cycle, yeah, yeah. as it stands now, mm -hmm. the modern software development lifestyle is driving product decisions. Yes. And I didn't realize that. I mean, I know it sounds like a, like I'm a fucking idiot, and I will say that on a public <laughs> podcast, but I think that I assumed that mm -hmm. technically building things was still in deference to product decisions and UX decisions and how to build things that satisfy those things. And I only start to understand now that the technical limitations of the modern web mm -hmm. is actually... Like the fucking cart is driving the uh, horse, yeah, and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And I did not realize that. Yes, yeah. So, so I think part of that, because I think I've had a similar epiphany as as well. Um, so you know, because we are designers of a certain age, and so you know, we came back from the the cowboy days, and and that uh, you know, being a consultant for a really long time. And the entire time I was in consultancy, like the need and the job is so much different than when you're at the modern in-house design work now. Yes. And so for me, I look at the last four or five years of my career and and I'm like, yeah, like I, you know, I was probably like annoying the shit out of everyone <laughs> because I was like, hey, why isn't it like this? And they're like, no, just give me yeah. the designs. Yeah. Just give them to me. Right. And I was like, but what about this? What about that? Right. And, right. and they're like, no, I, okay. Right. Like, you know, that's all great and good. Yeah. But, but give me you, the goddamn component, dummy. Give me some stuff. Yeah. And, it, and same thing with, 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 you know, when I critique Figma. Yeah. Is, is that Figma to me is, doesn't never feels like a, a tool designed for me. Right. It feels like, like a, a tool, tool designed design for this process. For handoff. Yeah. For the yes. system. It's, yes. in, it's in, intentionally designed to be inclusive yes. that is not you know exclusive to designers so it has to be designed for something that an, a product manager and a designer and an yes. engineer and then the designer being in the middle right right other design tools are designed you know like photoshop yeah you know notoriously designed for a designer or photographer but yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> but but uh, but for like let's say okay a creative and right. but you know you, a product manager would never get into Photoshop an no. engineer would never get into Photoshop and no. and and so you kind of had like your 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 safe space that you could work in in when you're working as a consultant or an agency you know you live in those worlds mm -hmm. because you know like getting the client getting getting crossing over the lines of responsibility when you're billing by the hour mm. is just really difficult because sure. you will bill more money like yes. you know it just costs more money and so yes. so you know like when I was doing consulting, I was like, no, I'm not going to join your Slack. No, I'm not going to use Figma. No, you can't use my files. Like, because, it, yeah. and it wasn't because I was trying to be exclusionary of the design process. It was just like, if I do those things, my, the estimate, yeah. you know, the, the, co the bid that I made for this project is going to get blown out of the water. Right. And I'm not going to have a way to like, you know, charge you more money for that time right. that I lose. Right. And so... And if you work at an agency where you have to like account for all of your hours, mm. you know, that can be really hard mm. anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, I've, I've definitely been feeling this. In fact, um, one of the agencies that I interviewed with a couple of weeks ago, um, they, you know, they used to be like kind of a full stack design practice. Yeah. And it'd been a few years since I, I chat with them. Uh, you know, I know lots of people that have, have worked there. Yeah. And when I talked to them uh, most recently, they're like, I mean, we have designers and there's stuff that we do that's around craft, but we kind of don't even do that. We don't have engineers anymore. Yeah. We just help people do that one thing that you're right. talking about, the big vision. Right. And doing the market research and you yeah. know, looking at the trends and and they just do that. Yeah. And they don't even yeah. do as much of the execution. Right. Because they're like, everybody has a design team now. Right. So right. if we were to do the execution, we would they would be our, you know, competition. So we have to we have to supplement those design teams to give them that vision, and that kind of blew my mind. Yeah, that it was like wow, like like you know, there is actually a market for 
like creative thinking now. Yeah, <laughs> like, you because, feel, yeah, because totally. create. Like I, I think that that's what it is. And 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 you know, if you want to get into the actual kind of like technical stuff about about React and stuff, we can do that. But even yeah, if we're totally. just gonna leave it high vision, I I, I think that. <clears throat> It's very easy to sell systems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they're very definitive and they are defined and there is a water's edge. Yeah. Right? The system is to be sold. I mean, fucking God knows. We sell fucking systems up the wazoo. And we yeah. have, and I will say, for anyone that I work with, we make amazing systems. Yeah. And I work with amazing designers that make amazing systems. Uh -huh. But I got to tell you, deep in my heart, I find a fucking design system kind of fucking depressing. Well, the 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 thing that comes to mind, you, you know, you know that I I love Legos, right? Yeah. And I like the best gift that I get from my family every Christmas is a Lego set. Yeah, it has to be you know, right. a certain number of pieces. Yeah. Um. So one year, several years ago, my partner gets me the architecture set. Yes. Classics, right? yeah. And so, and I, if you, it's very expensive. At that time, it was like one of the most expensive Lego sets you could get. So she gets me this architecture set, and all it is is it's a book, a big, thick book that has lots of inspiration of architecture, yeah, yeah. and a bunch of white pieces of different shapes. Amazing, right? Amazing. And I was like, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, this isn't fun. <laughs> like. Right, because that's not how you're attenuated. That that's not for me. That's not the joy of Lego. Yeah, is like I wanted. Sure, I wanted like give me the pieces. Right, and I'm gonna zone completely zone out. Right, you know, and right. just like sure, be go into my happy place. Yeah, as I assemble, I've like mindlessly follow these instructions. Yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah, and uh, and it just was like such a weird you know my mind just didn't think of legos in that way right anymore it did when i was a kid right certainly right but right now that's not how i see legos right you know i don't see them through that lens right and so uh can i, can I just be pedantic for one yeah. second it's lego not legos yeah yeah it's like <laughs> sears not sears <laughs> Nordstrom. Not, One yeah. Lego, many Legos. Yes. Sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, technically. Lego bricks. <laughs> technically, it's the Lego system. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's the same thing with design, right? Yes. So the, the, the design system is the modern day Lego set, right? It's the, yes. here are the package pieces, open up pack one, pack two, pack and, three. And, and I want to qualify because maybe, maybe, okay. Absolutely design systems are so fucking useful and fundamental and like yeah. I say, easy to sell and it's good for shipping product and good for handoff and great for, for the world between design and engineering and product and all that stuff. Yeah. It's great. However, I think when I say design systems are depressing, what I'm really saying is that at this point in time, there is nothing but the system left. Yeah, yeah. So so the response that I had, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to go off memory. But mm -hmm. like the the response I had when you were talking about this, because you're trying to break it down in Slack, um, going back to the problem that your your designer had, and you framed it up in uh, how did you framed it up as kind of two different points. Yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of like um, I think I called it like like discrete design and like maybe like UX. I, I forget what it was, but it was essentially like the, f the old way of design was kind of like, like, like user and vision first. Like what, like the core question was like, what does the user want to do? Mm. And the other, the other question was like, how can I make this system so that it's flexible enough to satisfy all potential outcomes? Got it. Good. And with what you just said, that makes a lot, that provides a lot more context. Yeah. Um, and so I read that and and I I kind of zeroed in and I said okay well in my view it it breaks down into these stages. Yeah. It, for when we're talking about digital product design mm. is uh the first stage I said was like UX like the old way of doing things was user experience yes and not the user experience that term that we use today. Mm. But about 15, 20 years ago, user experience meant it was the holistic end-to-end -end process from defining 
user needs, to yes. envisioning a solution, yes. to delivering end UI. Yes. Functional and it was a holistic vision. Like, how yes. do I solve this problem? It's the user experience of a product, right? right? Or, you this, know, this widget, the person wants this widget to do X. How does. I, as a designer, how do I help that happen in every single moment? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the kind of the DITA-ROMS thing. Yep. Yeah. And user experience, even though this was largely, I mean, I was participating largely in the context of digital products, that that term of user experience as a holistic term could be applied to lots of different products yes. that are not digital. Yes. So I had like a designer friend that, you know, he designed, he worked for John Deere and he designed those dashboards, yep. you know. Yep. And there was a user experience Absolutely. that he would do yes. for that. And yep. it had more to do with like reachability and right. you know, those sorts of things. Um, and so the diagram that I find most useful that I share constantly yeah. is by Jesse James Garrett that he did in... I think 2000, 2001. 2001. Um, I included it in my book when I described yeah. uh, described it. Um, and I still mention it today. And, and the way to, to kind of verbally describe the diagram. So he creates these multiple planes where at the lowest plane is user needs. And then the plane above that is functional specifications. And, and then you get into like information design, information architecture, and then, you know, into like user interface. And interestingly, he divides these planes. So it's kind of like a software stack, right? right? Yeah. He, he divides these planes in half. And on the right-hand side, he's saying, well, this is like a hypertext system. Mm. So web design. Mm. And on the left-hand side, he's talking about software. Yes. And so at that point in time, in, in, in the design world, we were actually trying to s define what is web design, right? Right, as separate from designing applications, like you know, designing like Word or yeah. you know, yeah. And and so uh, so anyway, so so the reason why I find this diagram so helpful is mm. because we've come back to that. Yes. We've come back to the to the left hand side of software design because that's what mobile is, right? Mobile is software; it's right. not web, right? And so there's. Some there's some things that are the same, but mm. there's also some differences that mm. are really important. And this diagram, which we will add to the show notes, uh, uh, def, uh, def, does a really good job of kind of defining that. And he wrote a whole book just off this diagram. And the conceit, as I recall it, is that on one side of the things, it's a bottom up what how can we satisfy the user? What is the need? Mm -hmm. And on the other side is actually a top-down, how do we build this? And the unfortunate conflict... Or, or how the user, the the like in the layers of the skin, right. you know, the, the right. UI is what the user sees, but right. the user needs are the, is the layer under, underneath. And the conflict is, it's, they, it's divergent directions. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think he has arrows on either side kind right. of going and, uh, to show that. Yeah. Um, so that to me is like the first kind of, or the best illustration, let's say, yeah. of, uh, for me, of what user experience is and kind of how we used to th think about things. Mm. And that was a time when a digital designer did all of the things, Yeah. right? Yeah. You might be better at one than the other, but we were all generalists and we kind of did, you know, all design was just design, right? Mm. And so then the next phase that we got into uh, was digital product design, right? Is, yeah. That's the next, the second one yeah. I mentioned. Yeah. And so, so digital product design is interesting because product design is a discipline that you yes. go to university for, and it has nothing to do with digital or the web or mobile. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, it's industrial design. It's yes. designing, you know, yes. it's like Johnny Ive type stuff. Right. right? And, and from, from what I understand, Facebook co-opted that term, mm. and they started uh, calling UX designers product designers. Yeah, they were the first ones to do that. Yeah, yeah. and then it became in, in vogue. And, and back then, uh, a product designer at Facebook did kind of did all the things. They were hired mm -hmm. to be a generalist, mm -hmm. but they were... Um, uh, a, I mean, we when we started in the industry, these roles were called producers, right? Mm. It, it's like mm. it was a generalist role. Mm. It was kind of a little bit of product, mm. And a little bit of design and, you know, and maybe even a little bit of front end, mm. right? 
your job was the user experience mm. to define it and to deliver it. Mm. To, and you were the partner for engineering mm. because you might not have a product manager yeah. like uh, in your squad or team or whatever. Yeah. And so, so from that, a bunch of conversations, you know, there's all that most designers are called product designers now or digital designers are called product designers. And the form the or the, the diagram that we use that for that is the, the double, double diamond. diamond. A classic. Right. Yeah. And and the way I was describing it is the double diamond is as is not as um it's not as as explicit uh. of the stages that design goes through as the Jesse James Garrett diagram. Right. It's really just methods yes. kind of strung together. And how they attach to each other. Right. Yeah. Right. To create convergent and divergent thinking. Right. right. But now it it has become in the past couple of years it has become a roadmap. Right. It wasn't intended to be a roadmap. But it's become a roadmap, and right. the first diamond ends up being owned by product, right. and the other diamond ends up being owned by design. design. We can get right. to that. But the third thing you said is the thing, up to now, caught up to speed, got right. it. That third thing you said in that Slack message blew my fucking mind. Right. So, uh, so I call that systematized product design. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is systematized a word? It, it is now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Language is fluid. It needs a better, I, you know, once I wrote it down and I was describing it to Kat, I was like, yeah, that probably needs a better <laughs> name. Got to workshop that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's basically, it's, it's applying the methods of product design specifically for the technical systems that we use today mm. and which is largely predominantly React. Mm. Also by Facebook mm. and Meta, mm. whatever mm. Facebook, and the the reason. Well, I, I I got into the reason why React exists a little bit later. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, since I'm on it, I might as well. But the, the reason. So <laughs> React was Facebook's answer to iOS. Right. Because about ten years ago, iOS was. Nobody cared about the web, right? Re like really, like nobody gave a shit. It was all about apps, yep. and the user experience that you could create with an app was just light years ahead of anything you could it was do. The walled garden, you could right. do whatever the fuck you wanted, right? Right. And so, so you know, Google had and their. Was answer. that before responsive? Uh, responsive it was around the same time. It was around this, and and that, for better or worse, led design down this path mm. where we no longer think about design as kind of, you know, going back to what you're talking about, the kind of a big vision, like a holistic vision of an experience. Yeah. We think about it as its components. Yes. And, and we, we like, and it always pains me when we use this language because in UX, we talk about patterns. Like yes. they're not UX components. Right. They're UX patterns. Right. Those patterns are mapped to user behavior and yes. the way that we cognitively process things. Yes. A component is a technical specification. Yes. And it's a, you know, a reusable thing and, and you know, they share the same idea. But one is people and like understanding how people think. Right. And the other one is how technology works. And it saddens me when, you know, I'll just say another ding against Figma is that Figma it's, calls it's, it's, them components. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're not fucking components. <laughs> <laughs> they're patterns, right? Yeah. They're, and, you know, Sketch called them symbols, but yeah. now even they're calling it, starting to call them components. Mm. And it's annoying as hell because it was like, we're not dealing with code. We're dealing with people. So, yeah. So I, I, I feel like a fucking fool because I am the head of design at a fucking React shop that is known for fucking React. And I think that I didn't realize when people came to us and came to us for these specific things, I didn't think I don't think I realized that the expectations of the output was so wedded to how the system is driving the way we think about the output itself. Mm. And I think that. The vision of what digital design can be is winnowed and made smaller mm -hmm. by using the systems. Mm -hmm. And and like, listen, I get it. You got to swim in the water that you swim in. But I, I do fundamentally think that at a certain point, 
Playing by a system that limits how humans interact with something cannot end well. Mm -hmm. It cannot end well because you chop off the branches and you chop off the branches. Somewhere along the line, the system makes choices. I know that everyone thinks yeah. that, oh, systems are great, you know, systems are scalable and shit like that. But yeah. yeah, the other part of systems is that there is still a hidden controller. You just don't see them. Yeah. Someone has built that system. Yeah. Someone has an ulterior motive for a system. Totally. Totally. And that is like antithetical to the reason why I got into design yeah. in the first place. It, it's it's one of the reasons that I get so pissed off around this topic. Yeah. And, and you know, I've mentioned it kind of on and off, like, uh, you know, throughout the show uh, is so, you know, an another factor of this is HTML and, mm. and CSS, mm. right? HTML is a very, very basic language. CSS is confusing for some, but sure. for designers, they usually yeah. kind of grok it, right? This new way of doing things, like, adds this layer of abstraction. We, mm. like, we, we got to a point with technology where we could do really cool shit with HTML and CSS. Yeah. And there were people like me, and, I mean, I was, like, such a minor player in this. Yeah. But, because I know a lot of our listeners are young, but there were, like, hundreds of us that were shouting at Microsoft and the makers of, of Internet Explorer to fix their goddamn browser, <laughs> right? Because we couldn't be creative. Yeah. We, we had to stay within the limitations of Internet Explorer at that time, right? Yeah. And we finally got the community to listen. We finally, and this is the web standards movement, right? right. We finally kind of got the web to a place where we could express you ourselves could and you could plan for it and and it didn't require yeah. you know like a, a, a severe you know an understanding of computer science or anything right. like that right and you could do you know crazy weird shit and right. you could build a blog over a weekend right. and you know like all these things yeah and you can still do those things but they require tools most of those tools you have to pay for yes right you have to pay for hosting you have yes. to pay to run apps you yes. have to do you know again might be like five bucks or whatever right but like you know with an html page you can publish kind of on the web for free yeah. like any number of places and it yeah. works the user experience of that yeah works yeah. right yeah. yeah and and everything has kind of moved into this layer of abstraction yes that i just get really offended by because we took we took one of the most democratized pieces of technology ever created like the most important thing since the printing press is the world wide web and we we we've gradually moved it into having these technical gatekeepers yes. that now you you have to engage like an engineer the, like I've been doing this for a really long time there's a bunch of shit on the web that I just can't do yeah. because I would have to like like re, like go back and like relearn a bunch of things right. to be able to tap into like you know this latest technology yeah. right yeah. and it, and so it's it's weird i mean maybe this is just the migration of like you know me just getting older <laughs> it's entirely like, possible yeah, but, but but i mean i think the thing that is so galling to me is that when you start to see that a system is in control the messaging around it is 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 freedom right like the like the, the 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 virtuous the virtuous story that people tell themselves about a technological system or something is that it's um it's kind of populist and it kind of like promotes kind of freedom and you can do what you want and like oh you know like anyone can kind of use these components to build what they want and stuff like that yeah. i mean and in some ways it is it mirrors that kind of facebook promise right mm -hmm. of like this is the digital playground where everyone could do it and we're just building these tools and we're building this post button so that you can post yourself and you know all those fucking bullshit yeah. feel good fucking ads yeah. they had in the mid 2000 teens where it was like you know whatever facebook is fucking tables or chairs or whatever the fucking thing was <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and but hiding that is actually a horribly corrupt and 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 terrible Faustian bargain you're making, mm -hmm. which is that yes, here is a free and open space that we own. Yep. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's it's really fucking kind of evil. Right. right. And it is like so diametrically opposed to not only like 
the idea of design and to my personal view of what a designer should be responsible for, but like kind of like the idea of the fucking internet. Yeah, totally. totally. It's a real fucking thumb in the eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's like, you know, we're old enough that when we started, like, you know, you could do magazine design and print design and that sort of thing. And and even that back then, those those systems the the way that you could get those things done, you had to go through, you know, it was it, it was yes. through big companies and it was very difficult to do. Yes. Which is why we had zines and you like you would right. see creative things happen through yeah. that. Yeah. And so when we were just walking down to the studio, I was you know kind of pointing out a scene. It's like we live in the, like this great time where kind of anyone can have like a real polished zine, right? Yeah. And the web was like that. The yeah. web, you know, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. that was the web. Like yeah. you could just jump on and you could do weird shit on mm. GeoCities or MySpace or whatever. Yeah. And you could just be you, right? And yeah. And you could say what you wanted and you could, you know, I just think, you know, like I'm a father of a, my, my oldest is, is, is trans. Mm. And so I just keep thinking about like all of those people who were out there 15, 20 years ago yeah. that could be the, who they are online yeah. Yeah. that they couldn't be in real life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but, and, but now we're, yes, we're moving into, we interact with these systems and these platforms. Yeah. And we have to, we shape ourselves into what they say. Yeah. Right. And yeah. as designers, yeah. we are molding ourselves or we're working towards that goal, kind of like the old print designers, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. that we had to work within those kind of boxes. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I just I, I'm I'm just looking at I'm looking at the, the, the stuff that's happening in digital. And there's I think there's some really cool shit happening and just in like you know, landing pages and web design. Indie like, web. Yeah, type, yeah. Well, typography is really totally. taken off. Yeah. And, you know, the, the browser, there's sure. browser compatibility is really great. And so there is some really fantastic design that's still happening. Um, and so so I think these things are still true. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that makes me sad is when I see those great designs, I see the the typeface is is like a canva or instagram kind of you know like it has that 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 it has a very same kind, kind of, of social media yes. type yeah, of yeah, aesthetic yeah, yeah. right yeah, there's a gradient underneath there right. <laughs> photography <laughs> kind of has a tendency to kind of look the yeah, same yeah but i i think that's what it is is that like i i obviously i fundamentally understand the purpose of a design system and component system, Lord knows I've made a couple myself. Mm -hmm. And like, they're good and functional and great and they can get the ball over the line and it's awesome. But I think that, and maybe this just happens to be that like we are at peak systemization and it will ebb and flow and things will go the other way. That's usually how human beings work. But right now it is the be all end all. And there is no space for the non-systemized thinking and it's just it 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 worries me because there is some kind of tipping point you know that that you sent me that the recommend for that Stuart brand book oh the, yeah how buildings change or whatever how buildings learn uh, yeah. the amazing book yeah and we'll link to that as well but it has that and at the very beginning it has that um winston churchill quote about um as so we build buildings they shape uh, or as we shape buildings buildings shape us mm -hmm. and like i cannot say that better Mm -hmm. Right. It, like we are being changed. Our minds are being changed by thinking about everything in a systemized way. Yeah. And like, I don't want to go all the way fucking there, but like there have been instances in the fucking 20th century in which systemization has led to very, very bad results. Yeah. And yeah. especially in a time where we're now seeing things like rising fascism and stuff like that. Yeah. The adoration of systemization, which let's be clear, it gelds humanity. Mm -hmm. It is a neutering of the squishy, sometimes awkward strangeness that is the bumpy part of humanity. Yeah. And systemization paves it all and puts up a fucking road sign. Yep. And it deeply, deeply concerns me that right when fascism is rising in our country, the adoration of systems and big data above all, oh, yeah. that's a bad fucking combo, yeah, man. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's a really bad combo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, 
I sometimes wish I was more of an art historian, but my my guess is that you know back in the the teens and twenties, the same things were happening yes. with with you know art and like you yeah. know Dadaism was like yeah. you know the like crazy like what anything goes. Yeah, Walter Benjamin, <laughs> right? Like like and, art in the age of the machines. It's the same shit all over mm-hmm. again, you know. And 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 bringing it back to the the core place that I was talking about at the beginning of the show is that the thing that worries me is that. Obviously, the systems and the systemization, they're always, the people that make the money always want it. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the captains of industry are always going to want it. The people that are selling things are always going to want it. But to see the creative class in thrall of a systemized sameness, mm-hmm. that feels like, like the enemies inside the castle. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like the creative should be the fucking last holdout. Well, you said something on a previous episode that was an epiphany for me where you were talking about like we're just part of the production or what I, you said some you said it differently. But the way I heard it oh. and the way I visualized it in my head yeah. is that, you know, we no longer are the innovators. We are there's this production line. Yes. We're the main. We are just the maintainers of the machine. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we're just, you know, yeah. we do our handling on that production line and we hand it off to somebody else. Yes. And and perf- when that client says, all right, but show me something big. I think that my worry is that especially young kids coming out of college and they fucking learn on Figma and they learn systems and someone says, show me something big. They're going to be like, ah, uh. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Show me something different well i mean it's again if you if you stay with that that visualization of of that production line and you're the designer and someone asks you to do that you're suddenly stopping the production totally right totally and like and you're now you've the shit's still coming at you it's like that 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 scene that that bit from charlie uh, chapman modern times i was gonna say uh, uh i love lucy but sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, but I mean, and, and here's the thing, and here's why I'm I'm hyper aware that I kind of, I feel bad saying all this, right? Is that because in some ways, the digital product industry has allowed a whole cohort of young people and diverse people to make a nice middle-class lifestyle making widgets. And who the fuck am I right, to right. fucking shit on that? Yeah. And that's a fair fucking repost to me. Right. That would be the one repost that would get me to shut up. Yeah. But. Without that other creative fire, the, eventually that fucking that that um, 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 assembly line will yeah. will come to a stop. Yeah, and then we're all fucked. Right, right. Like we need to feed the machine with interesting, good, creative, outside of the box ideas, mm-hmm. and we are so fucking woefully fucking understaffed on that place mm-hmm. right now. You know, we we don't we don't. Um... We're we're not like treasuring that. We're not yeah. cherishing yeah. You know, like that outside of the box thinking. It, it, so, uh, I was talking to I was talking to uh, one of my new coworkers yesterday on Slack, and um, and I was you know coding up a design. Yeah. And and he was like, oh, you can do it in Figma. I was like, no, I need to be able to show the interaction and like yeah. like and coding is like easy for me. Yeah. Um, you know, building like a little sure. HTML thing. And he was really surprised by that. He's like, oh, it's kind of nice to work with design that actually can like think yeah. that way. Yeah. And and I was and I was telling him, like, so my first agency, it was all designers, mm-hmm. but we did a lot of like web dev, you know, web standards and you know sure. uh, uh, CMS deploys and crap like that. So we used to fight each other for who got to code <laughs> because that was a day off. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like we could put on the headphones yeah. and like yeah. just, yeah. you know, jam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like I keep thinking about that because I think like in some respects, I feel like designers have a much harder time managing those expectations, sure. managing, keeping that assembly line going and trying to keep some semblance of creativity, yeah. which is and, and kind of both working within the system as well as outside of the system simultaneously yeah. Yeah. that our peers in the product development process do not have to contend with sometimes. Yes. And so I, some, you know, while we cherish engineers often in yeah. our industry, I think I like that to me feels like a much easier job because it's dealing with rules that don't change that often. Yes. Right. And we're kind of like the ones that are both expected to, you know, draw inside of the boxes. Right. 
but also think Go outside. outside the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just stay inside the box. Yeah. yeah. We want the out of the box thinking. Right. But not f- too far outside don't, of the box. <laughs> if we start getting scared, start seeing within the lines. And it's and it's a real hard yeah. uh, tightrope. Yeah. To to I feel like I'm using lots of analogies and metaphors today. But it's it's, it's inside of a box with an assembly line on side of a tightrope. <laughs> right. With the pig and a poke, but it's it's really hard to 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 balance all of those things, and I and I actually feel it's getting harder. Yeah, as you're getting more and more pressure, yes. and more people are saying because user experience matters. Yes. It's that seat at the table mm. is everybody got the memo. Mm. Design matters. Yeah, designer, you matter. Right. Can you you know make this shit happen for me? And it's like okay, tell me more about what 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 is you want, right? But design you matter has become such a a a um, qualified statement. Yeah. It's designed you matter in this way for this specific thing. Yes. Right. All right, fine. We want this, but just this thing. Right. Do not bring me any more of these totally unworkable right. weirdo ideas. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, to put on like a business hat for a second, it's about outcomes, right? So of course, like success is going to be measured on some sort of predictable outcome. Yes. So yes, if it, it is. It, yes, it is. It, yeah. it, design systems are risk mitigation. Right. Right. Yes. It's a known outcome. It is. Right. It is fear based. Yeah. And right now we are definitely in a fear based time. Yeah. So what's the? What's? <laughs> I, well, you're trying to end the episode, right? Then? No. No. I just. I. I mean. I think that's you what used it is. Your, you used your 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 My <laughs> your conclusion so. voice. But I mean, you know, I I think that that's it's. When you are in a time when people are very, very worried, climate change, fascism, all that shit, um, I, I think that I, I think that persecution of other, yes. really, and it, like I mean, yeah. like, I think people yeah. are everyone is really like hunkering in their fucking caves, and they're mm-hmm. like, and and so so the the systemization of design, maybe that is the maybe that has has been the manufactured kind of like safe haven that design has built for itself. So it's like, no, 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 we matter and we're valuable. We can mitigate risk by doing this. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like certainly, I mean, I will be frank as I say that like when I'm trying to keep my designers staffed, design systems, great pitch. Mm-hmm. Like I know the pitch for that. I mm-hmm. know the fucking sale. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is that like we are just like hunkering down right now. Mm-hmm. And that is how we fucking weather the storm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Engineers and designers sitting side by side. Yes. And then a designer will say, hey, what if it looks like this? And then the engineer will like add some interaction to it. Right. And like, and then they're like, oh, that's really good. You had an idea that I didn't think of. Right. And then product might jump in and be like oh that's really cool let me take this and kind of run it by a few people yeah and like get some quick feedback yeah you know and then yeah. the, while the designer and engineer are still jamming yeah like that to me just as i describe it i get really excited me too it's, it's let's so go do fun. that yeah <laughs> it's so fun to do that yeah and yeah. and but as you as as organizations scale they start to lose that yes. like the disciplines or the product design yeah. engineering orgs start to become much more separated. Hmm. And there isn't those. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I think that maybe what I'm really talking about is, is the danger of scale, isn't it? And you really kind of lose a capacity for innovation at scale, unless you're, you know, Apple or something like that. And, and to that end, you need an extremely strong leader that is basically blocking process from killing yeah. innovation. A- absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the most creative organizations usually have that. Yeah. Like you do not, you don't ship things right. unless they're right. Right. And an organization like Apple would would rather wait yes. than you know ship something that the, and the the rubric they use is something that they would love. Yes, and I still think that's the best rubric we have Absolutely. as designers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would I use this, yeah. right? Yeah. The way I approach human centered design mm. is mm. like, and which is hard as a consultant because sometimes you get pretty bizarre projects that you have no experience in. And so you just, you dive so deep and you just like, you yeah. imagine what those, that person's life is like. Yeah. And if you don't know, you ask them and you really just try to approach that with empathy so you can start to like design for them, right? And design something that just would, you know, as a designer would look cool, something that you would feel is that, you know, you can be proud of, mm. which was one of the Steve Jobs things. Like 
it's in his biography, but his um, uh, his adopted father, you know, they would do like a lot of construction, build like dressers and that sort of thing. And he uh, he would always sign his work and you sign it on the inside. Mm. And so that's why like the original Macintosh, like the Macintosh team signed it and it's like in the mold, right? You have to crack it open and you see everybody's signature is that, you know, you 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 actually put your name to this work but it's not a name for anybody to see it's something that will never should never be seen right um that isn't always how we approach these projects like you know really like a ceo of an organization Mm. you know shouldn't be having one of their teams shipping something that they wouldn't put their name onto right which is why he's on why steve jobs was his name was on so many patents and you know a lot of people try to model that um, and I, I, you know, while he was you know, like a tyrannical, like leader <laughs> and, you know, and maybe not necessarily the person that we should like kind of look up to. I think there's much more, um, much better styles of management. I, I do think that, that having that, having that, uh, the visionary that, the, the person that's willing to just kind of, you know, and, and empowered mm. to be able to say, hey, this is this is what it should be. And this and we should wait and we should do it right. And we should um, like uh, just make sure that we're doing something that we can really stand behind, you know, f- not just for a week or two, but like for years. Preach. It, yeah. Preach, man. Preach. Thanks for listening. You can hear all of our episodes at designer.fm. If you ever want to email us about anything at all, please email us at designer at designer.fm. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. We very much appreciate it. Thanks, folks. Cool? Yeah. to like I get frustrated because I feel like I have to walk them through so much to get to the place of like no no you should be thinking about this other person mm. and she's like she does that really well she like lays out the path oh. you know it's it's kind of like it's emotional leadership but for engineering managers that's uh-huh. the reason the book exists huh. and like she does a really good job of like framing like the kind of like the the binary system of like why it's good to be nice to people and stuff <laughs> like that you know <laughs> Uh, with a bunch of like you know in the spectrum type <laughs> yeah a lot of engineering types shit. yeah <laughs> yeah you see there's a curve that says when you're nice to people your productivity goes way up <laughs> it's not like the moral thing to do or anything oh, it's sad that that has to be said and it's like a huge bestseller <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>